D F S. It is Friday, January 20th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our DFS drafting podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. It is the Friday before divisional round weekend of the NFL playoffs. We got eight teams left. We got four teams to go. And we still got drafting to do, Jared. We're on underdog this week. No drafts on sleeper. That's been a part of our draft shows that we started doing over the past month and a half or so. But underdog's still going, not just full playoff drafts. We do have weekly drafts. We still have the Battle Royale, and that's what we're going to be focusing on today, right? Yeah, and honestly, this is the first like short slate Battle Royale I've competed in. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure it out still too. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to yeah. talking through this today and getting your thoughts on just, just general strategy for, you know, a four game drafting slate. Yeah, and I was thinking about not donating any money to the slate, but then you made me start thinking about it. And then of course I looked at ADP and such, and I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to go ahead and donate some <laughs> money this week after all, because there's only so much longer that we can play, you know, full fantasy football, whatever you, you define full as before the season is really done. Yeah. So starting to think about this like my the biggest thing i'm having to like been a challenge for me is like i you, you got to get these teams different somehow but it's it's much tougher to get different here than it is in dfs where like the salary forces you to pick some guys that aren't you know studs on your team and we talked about richie james as a dfs player this week like yeah you you can draft richie james i have trust me on underdog like you don't have to like you can fill your team mostly with these studs. So I just think a lot of these teams are going to look the same this week. So like I'm every draft I do, I'm trying to figure out you know, at least one way where I think I can differentiate this team from hopefully others and not, you know, be competing against the same exact team in this contest. Yeah. I mean, when we're talking about regular season DFS, one of the challenges of a regular DFS lineup is figuring out how to get different and just, you know, hoping that you get that right this week. Like we've talked about this format where you're only pick, picking six players. We obviously want to get different, but the challenge might be to not get too different because you don't have to go far down the ADP list before you're looking at guys that, you know, really need like a, a total outlier of a performance to carry you there. It's much more likely to be, I think, a duplicated lineup or just a lineup that has nobody truly surprising, but just a, a small difference that pushes you ahead of the other other teams around you yeah and like even as we start looking at adp here like just how it sets up like jalen hurts is very often stacked with aj brown like you, they're in a range where you can get both of them if you don't get aj brown you can get devonta smith josh allen steph Diggs. i see that stack in like half of these drafts i do so it's like if you're going to start that way you need to get different elsewhere or the other option is take josh allen but then take aj brown with him and then, you know, stack a bill later or don't stack a bill. At all. I've done some teams where I don't stack my quarterback and I've done it with Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen or Daniel Jones, who I think, you know, can score enough points with their legs where they're where they can have a big game and not have to have, you know, any one of their pass catchers necessarily have a huge game. Yeah, and I think if you build around a Bills stack this week, you're obviously not only betting that the Bills are going to go off, but you're also betting that the other teams are not going to go off because it's such a packed slate that if we have anything like yep. last week where we started with three straight games over 60 points and I think all but one game had a team reach 31 points, like you don't have to have the stack. You don't have to have the right stack to get there. You just have to have all the top scoring players. So looking at quarterbacks, yeah. you mentioned Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen up there. I agree that one of the ways to get different 
is to not stack like usual. Any other ways that you're looking to get different? Because for me, the, the takeaway from quarterback is all of the quarterbacks are capable of scoring. They showed us that. Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones all got there last week. Trevor Lawrence got there in a bad game. So if you're drafting a bunch of teams, I think you want all of these guys. I think if you're like me and you're not drafting a ton of them, one way to get different is to look past the top shelf guys and just wait on quarterback. And that way you're getting different combos of the earlier round wide receivers. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, again, there's only, only six teams in these drafts. So two of these guys aren't even getting picked in these drafts. And you, in general, you can get Purdy Prescott Jones or Lawrence with your last pick. Um, so that, that's the advantage of, of taking those guys. Um, I think another way to get different is, you know, one way is to not stack your quarterback. Another way is to overstack your quarterback and, and, double stack them. I don't, I don't think I triple stack anyone, but I think double stacking, I talked about during the regular season where on an underdog, I don't want to do that too often just because I think it limits your upside too much in these, you know, teams that are so small, you know, they're smaller than DFS lineups. They're more stacked than your DFS lineup. So I think double stacking often doesn't work, but I think on a four game slate, it's, it's much more viable. So that's something I've been doing too, is, you know, double stacking Allen with Diggs and either Gabe Davis or Dawson Knox or double stacking Mahomes with Kelsey and Juju or Kelsey and um, Jarek McKinnon. So I, I think that's something to consider too. And that's certainly a strategy to mix in if you're drafting a bunch of teams as opposed to a go-to, right? For sure. On to running back where Christian McCaffrey is the top guy off the board at any position overall. And it makes sense, whatever, you know, I, I, I talked about concerns on our other DFS show for what could be his downside that's just relative to everybody else that we're choosing from when salary is in. I don't actually think there's anything wrong, of course, with playing Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, he, he's my 101 pretty easily this week. Um, and I guess that's partly because I'm a little cooler than consensus on Saquon Barkley. So if, like, if you don't believe Saquon Barkley is going to deliver a big game, then it's like McCaffrey and everyone else, um, which has kind of been my strategy in these. Like if I don't get McCaffrey early, I'm generally not taking any of these, you know, second or third round types, you know, the ETN, the Mixon types. I've, I've mixed in some McKinnon with Mahomes, but otherwise, like, I think Pollard, the matchup's bad, but like it's Pollard. He can bust one big play and have, you know, a good enough day again, especially on a slate with only eight games. Um, then Miles Sanders, who we talked about Sanders and even Pacheco. I think you mentioned if you're, you know, if you're drafting bills, you're betting on them having a big game and the other offenses not having big games. I'd say you're betting on the Bills passing game having a big game and the other passing games not having a big game. So like on team, like if I drop if I draft Allen and I'm stacking the Bills passing game, I like getting Miles Sanders on that team. And you know you're not saying the Eagles are gonna have a bad day. You're just saying Sanders is gonna you know have the biggest day among Eagles. So you, you can kind of you know have it both ways, even if you believe both of those offenses do go off this weekend. Yeah, and just looking at the ADP numbers for folks who might be listening to this instead of watching it, we've got McCaffrey at the top. We've got Barkley right at the end of round one, the round one-two turn in these six-team drafts. Then more than a round between Barkley and RB3, Travis Etienne, uh, Joe Mixon's close behind him, Jarek McKinnon's close behind Mixon. So less space among those guys. You can see folks are saying, if I don't get McCaffrey, then Barkley. If I don't get Barkley, then I'm waiting. I agree with Miles Sanders with those passing games. I think James Cook is one other guy I want to highlight here because he is both a way to stack with Josh Allen and a late piece that you can get of that Bills offense. Like you could also consider Devin Singletary who played a lot more than James Cook last week, just looking at sheer snaps. James Cook still carried the ball more than Devin Singletary in that game. 
did get the touchdown. So I still prefer Cook. I think he's the higher upside player than Devin Singletary. But I think both of those guys are in play as late running backs if you push off that position and then just draft one of them. Yeah. The, so, I mean, so first of all, I'll say the guys, McCaffrey through Sanders. So what is that? That's seven running backs. Those are the guys that get picked in pretty much every draft. Once you get to Pacheco and the Bills backs and Zeke and Elijah Mitchell, that's when, you know, you'll see these guys drafted, I don't know, half the time, maybe not even. It's gross. The one other guy I've been drafting down here is Zeke Elliott. He's going to average like 2.8 yards per carry against this 49ers defense. It's not going to be efficient, but he's still their guy. When they get the ball inside the five-yard line, Zeke comes in the game. As someone who's you know played Pollard quite a bit down the stretch here, I trust me, it's Zeke coming in the game when they get near the goal lines. It's really tilting if you're playing Tony Pollard. But so like Zeke, he could have 14 carries for 40 yards but score two touchdowns. And you know he and I think he has more touchdown upside than the Bills' backs. You know, Elijah, he has more touchdown upside than Elijah Mitchell. I think Mitchell has some intriguing touchdown upside. But so that's why, you know, if I need my running back in the sixth round, um, Ze- Zeke's the guy I've been looking to often in that situation. You can see that. Wide receiver Jamar Chase is the only one that's in the first round every time. Stephon Diggs is right behind him. His ADP is at that 6-7 turn. Then A.J. Brown not far behind them. Debo Samuel, fourth. CeeDee Lamb. Devonte Smith, Christian Kirk, what have you liked so far? What do you like going forward at wide receiver? I've been surprised that Chase has kind of separated himself as the you know clear top receiver on the slate, and that's how we have it in our projections for the week. But to me, Steph Diggs and AJ Brown at least are right there with him. So I like Diggs and Brown as better values among the elite guys. My my most drafted guy at any position is T Higgins. Uh, I knew it before him. you said it. <laughs> talked about him on the DFS slate. His ADP is actually climbing open the week in like the mid twenties. I was able to get him in like the, the fourth round quite often, uh, but even here, like, I don't know, behind Gabe Davis, behind Christian Kirk, I'll, I'll take T Higgins straight up over those guys. If we're talking about, you know, ultimate ceiling to win something like the underdog battle Royale. And this is the group that I was talking about when I was saying that I don't mind waiting on quarterback. I don't mind waiting on running back either, because then you can mix and match these guys. And, you know, we talked about gaps at the other positions in ADP, but from Jamar Chase down to what we got, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Gabe Davis is eight. Eight. Gabe Davis is right ahead of T Higgins, by the way, at this point in ADP. And then T Higgins at nine. So all of those guys are within the first 19.1 slots. That is three rounds of six team drafting plus, you know, one or two picks. So all of these guys are going in that range. You're not going to wait and then grab these guys unless you get lucky in a, you know, a single draft here or there, you'll see players slide. And I think that can be a good place to take advantage of slides and grab a, a, you know, a piece of somebody that you might've passed on otherwise, but I really like mixing and matching from this group. Uh, I'll, you know, tailor some of it to stacking with quarterbacks if I have them. But again, this week, is even less about stacking than usual. And even past Higgins, like there's an ADP gap, Higgins at 19.1, then you go down to 25.8 in ADP. And that's Brandon Ayuk, who I think has has a ceiling here, especially we talked about this Dallas secondary has been banged up and not very good lately. Zay Jones against the Chiefs, you know, should be plenty of passing volume from Jacksonville. We've seen Zay Jones have blow up games. And someone we haven't talked about yet on the DFS show or here, Juju Smith-Schuster, who really seemed to be trending up until he suffered that concussion. And I think he had one big game post-concussion, but then the last few weeks of the season, just invisible, playing time down a little bit, not many targets. Um, but where he's going in these drafts, like I, I just because I love the Chiefs offense so much this week, I, I've been taking quite a bit of Juju because I do think he has, you know, 20-point upside. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll certainly give him that upside. I wouldn't overdo him, but getting some exposure to him uh, is a solid idea. Are there any sleepers that you've mixed in? I think this is where you can get yourself in trouble by overthinking mm -hmm. it and thinking of somebody yeah. that's a little too different. Like Richie James, I wouldn't quite put in the category of too different because he could yep. get a lot of targets in this game and anybody's capable of putting one in for a touchdown, but he's less likely than say Michael Gallup right ahead of him. I think of having a big game without you know, getting peppered with 10 plus targets. Yeah. I definitely prefer Hodge Hodgins among the giants receivers in this half PPR format. When you, know, you, you do want to be chasing those touchdowns. I think Hodgins has the most touchdown upside. Um, I have drafted some Richie James. I mean, Richie James doesn't get picked in most of these, which is the argument in favor of him. You know, he's probably going to be like 20, 25% owned would be my guess in this contest. Whereas Hodgins, well, well over 50, you know, maybe up like 75% owned. So you get the ownership, thing with James but th those Giants receivers are the ones I like Gallup's not a bad call we've talked about how that you know that the Niners have not been the tough defense against wide receivers we just Gallup doesn't still doesn't look the same player they're not using him the same you look at his average depth of target and his yards per catch it's way down from where it had been prior to the knee injury um, so I, I worry about his upside a little bit but um, as your final round pick like you said you know he, he could score once or twice we, we saw him have a two touchdown game this season so he's definitely someone I'm interested in down there yeah, Gallup is a bad pick like on his own, but if you're getting down there for your last pick and you need a wide receiver and we yep. get 45 pass attempts from the Cowboys in a game where they fall behind, yeah. then, you know, Michael Gallup could just be the guy who gets lucky I, in the end zone. Yeah, I think your goal should to be to not need a wide receiver in the sixth round. And, and you know, we can get the tight end now too, which for an eight-game slate is like super deep. And yeah. only six tight ends get drafted. Dawson Knox is the sixth tight end. So to me, now you will have teams take two tight ends this week. I've seen it, you know, way more than you would on a normal slate. So if you wait too long, you, you know, could get stuck with a Hayden Hurst or a Daniel Bellinger. But for the most part, you can you can get a quality tight end in the sixth round. And I like taking two tight ends on the slate because the shorter slate makes it make more sense. You said, you know, about the wide receivers. If you like start your draft with a quarterback and running back, for example, if you're picking at that one, two turn, you go Saquon Barkley and whatever quarterback gets to you, the wide receivers are not going to be pretty. You know, you might have T Higgins when it gets back to you, but it's not going to be like, Ooh, I love the wide receivers that got back to me. So I like the double tight ends, you know, for that reason. And because it is a really good group, at tight end. I also think that we're probably, you know, obviously there's going to be a team in every draft that has Travis Kelsey. There's going to be a team in every draft that has Evan Ingram. There's going to be plenty of Kelsey Mahomes stacks, maybe not as much of that as some of the other stacks. There's going to be plenty of Evan Ingram and, Trav and uh, Trevor Lawrence stacks because that's an easy one to build here. I don't think there will be as many Travis Kelsey, Evan Ingram stacks. And I think that has the potential of giving you the top receiver for both of those teams in what could be the highest scoring matchup of the weekend. Then even if you don't have either quarterback in that one, you have probably somebody who's absorbing a fair amount of the passing points from the quarterbacks in that game. Yeah. I, I like that call for sure. Um, I think I do have a few Kelsey Ingram teams, um, but, but Dallas Goddard, I think Higgins and Goddard are my two highest owned players right now through I've done 21 of these um, to me. Goddard should be the second tight end off the board. This week, um, I I prefer him over Ingram a bit just just for upside, just in that Eagles offense. Um, and he's what he's the fifth tight end in ADP. So to to me, he's a he's a big value. 
I like Goddard as well. He's another one that I will take as a two tight end lineup. I, th- I, I really like that because, you know, I, I said about Travis Kelsey and Evan Ingram maybe being the top receivers for their team. Dallas Goddard could finish this weekend as the most productive receiver for the Eagles as well. For sure. For sure. And, and like, again, the two tight end thing is popular this week, but I still think that's differentiating yourself. I think it's, I don't know, somewhere between 10 to 20% of teams, I, I would guess, are going to end up with two tight ends. So that, that's still a way to, to make your lineup different. Yeah, I would love to know beyond the anecdotal. It's too bad that we can't get a number because I'm sure it happens more often. But like you said, I, I would still <laughs> yeah. bet that it happens less often. That's next year for underdog. Give us ownerships. That's right. All right. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to jump into a battle royale draft for Jared here. We'll see exactly how he runs through exactly what makes to him and, you know, mm-hmm. where he's picking from, which is obviously going to shape some of that. As usual, the drafts get <laughs> Build up very quickly. It is six team drafts. It is half PPR scoring. Really, no other uh, wrinkles that you need to account for in there scoring wise. Right. I, yeah. Not scoring wise. I think just keep in mind it's a it's a it's a top heavy tournament. So you, know, you, you want to be aiming for the top top spot. So keep that in mind as you're building. Top heavy scoring. Top heavy prizes. And you need a quarterback. You need one running back. You need two wide receivers. You need one tight end. And then you got one flex. So the moment you fill that extra spot, the moment you go beyond what you need for any position, that closes up the flex. Takes away some flexibility, um, but it's not necessarily a bad thing as we run through here. Jared picked the fifth slot out of six teams in this draft. Jared, do you have an early favorite for what gets here? Somebody that like if these two guys make it, it's definitely one of those two. Well, to back half of the draft and the ADP dictates this t- tends to be an elite quarterback. Um, now the decision is, do you take it at one five or do you push it to the two, two? And that, I guess that'll depend on exactly what gets to me. And then the second question we'll have to answer is, you know, do we want to stack that quarterback right out of the gate? Again, there's a good chance we can get a Diggs Allen or a Hertz with one of his receivers, or do we want to, pass that chance up and, and, you know, get different that way. So I did one draft earlier this morning and I was not planning to take one of the elite quarterbacks. I picked first, I took Travis Kelsey and then Jalen hurts made it back to me at the two, three turns. I was like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and take the guy that's been going in round one every time. And then we'll see where we go from there. That's sweet. That's yeah. Lucky you. I mean, that's that, that combo can't be owned very much at all. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's one of the reasons for doing a bunch of these drafts too. Obviously it gives you a better chance to win, but you have a better chance of seeing different things because people are going to be doing all sorts of different things. As usual, this one started with Christian McCaffrey and Travis Kelsey going with the first two picks. So now we're at the third spot. Jared's picking fifth. Um, We'll start queuing up some players. Jamar Chase is up in that range as well. Stefan Diggs actually went third in this particular draft. So Jared is now on the clock. Jamar Chase is a fourth pick. He got the three quarterbacks. What are we doing here? So I'm going to push quarterbacks. I'll get, I'll, I'll still have my choice of two yes. on the way back. Um, I'm going to take AJ Brown, who I think is, you know, th- there's a tear break to me from Brown to the rest of these receivers. I mean, I think Lamb and Smith are close, but um, I'm going to take Brown. And then we can see if uh, we got our buddy Pete Overs at picking sixth here. So we can see if he um, leaves me Jalen Hurts, and then we can decide if we want to, you know, make that stack or not at least we know an experienced drafter is more likely to leave the stack for you because he's working on his own stacks as opposed to trying to stop mm. yours. But you know, this is a different slate. So he will see exactly what he plans to do here. We at least know he won't take two quarterbacks. So yeah. we'll have yeah. two of those three guys getting to you. Yeah, you know, here, like I think it's viable for Pete to take Hertz and Saquon Barkley if he wanted and, you know, make that little game stack. And he does takes yeah. Hertz at least. 
Jalen Hurts goes the final pick of round one. Uh, one more pick for Peter Overzet, and then it's Jared's turn again. I think that Debo, C.D. Lamb are a little bit closer than you were suggesting to A.J. Brown this week. I think all those guys have plenty upside. And Debo and, and C.D. Lamb are at least right with and maybe ahead of A.J. Brown in mm-hmm. target share upside. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe not. I'm, maybe Debo's not ahead, but similar at least. Okay. Devontae Smith, the stack with Jalen Hurts for Pete's team there. Which makes sense. I mean, I think that's definitely lower owned than the Hertz Brown stack. Um, <clears throat> I prefer Allen to Mahomes here. Yeah. Cool with that. Oh yeah, I would chase Josh Allen ceiling this week. I like the remaining um, Allen stack options better than the Mahomes stack options too, with Kelsey off the board. Yeah, and I also <clears throat> think that Josh Allen is is more. You're more capable of winning with Josh Allen without stacking than you are Patrick Mahomes because he's more likely yes. to do some rushing stuff than Mahomes is. Yeah, we can definitely consider an unstacked Allen here, maybe, you know, running it back with one of these Bengals guys. So as you see, I mean, th- this is how I do it. When I do these, I'll, I'll go in now and I'll queue up, you know, Bills and Bengals players just so I have them there. Have you typically been looking at game stacks still this week? I mean, you know, obviously we use it as a tiebreaker, but have yeah. you been, how focused on them have you been this week? Your battle right I mean, I'm, I'm focused on them because I think they make sense. The, counter argument is they're popular so i think by you know by going allen gabe davis Knox, no Bengals run back i think that's a potential way to get different too joe mixon is a guy that scares me this week because we the rushing has been volatile you know for most of the season now the receiving he trailed samaj piran in pass snaps last week didn't he it sounds familiar i'd have to pull it up but um yeah i yeah. think you're right he, he out targeted him still but yeah. Yeah. It was one of those where it was deceptive. I was like, okay, the targets are still there. And then I looked and he ran maybe close yeah. to half the number of pass snaps versus Samaje Piran. Yeah. Piran played more snaps in general, 31 to 26. And then Piran ran 22 routes to Mixon's 10. Yeah. That's, I don't know what to make of that. So Mixon's more of a fade for me this week, especially because I'm not sure he has huge game potential there. So we got Gabe right. Davis, Dawson Knox, T. Higgins, all still on the board. Back to Jared's pick in round three. Jerick McKinnon, Joe Mixon were right before your spot. Yeah, I'm going to hope one of those receivers makes it back to me. Hope Pete doesn't take them both. Um, I'm going to take the value on ETN here and then potentially look to run him back with one of those cheaper Chiefs guys. Like I'll, I'll, I'll queue up Juju now as an option, not on my next pick, but at the next turn. Interesting. I might've taken both of those receivers there and punted uh, running back a little bit. ETN got there last week, even though they fell behind, but in general, he, he has downside risk in games where uh, things go that way. For sure. Because the passing game usage still remains lower than I think it should be. But um, yeah, but I, I, again, I think um, as the clear guy, if he can get up, if he can get to 18 or 20 carries um, in this match, I think he could have a big, a big game, but it's, yeah, it's definitely worrisome the potential game script for him. Yeah. The other side of it last week is even though they fell behind by 27 points, he still had 12 carries in the second half of that game, 20 carries for the game. So they didn't go away from the run, even when they were playing chance. Yeah. I think they ran more than the chargers did nursing their, their big lead. So we got Dawson Knox still available as we move into round five here. Jared did take T Higgins coming back in round four. Tony Pollard just left the board. Joe Burrow left the board. We had Gabe Davis, Dallas Goddard go with the turn to Pete's team. So he's got an interesting one. Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, Gabe Davis. Uh, I like that start for a team. 
Me too. Me too. I'm a little upset he, he took uh, Goddard out of ADP like that. <laughs> yeah, well, he had the quarterback. <laughs> so, and, you know, that's a good nod to remember is don't adhere too much to ADP. You know, you can use it in that somebody is very likely to make it back to me next time because he's like several rounds ahead. But if a guy is ahead by just like a few spots, don't count on it being that mm-hmm. close, especially in a week like this. Yep, that's fair. So, Jared, what are you looking at here? Oh, there goes Juju. I wanted him. Okay. So, Pete needs a running back, which I'm unlikely to go running back here. Doesn't need a tight end. He could. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Knox. I think. What do you think? Kittle's yeah, still there. there. Yep. I'm taking. I'm taking Kittle. Right? Do it. You can even. Yeah, you can even take I'm Knox. Going, I could take Knox. I could take Knox, or we could go unstacked. Josh Allen. I, yeah, think, I think, I mean, the Kittle value there is too good to pass up. Yeah. And I think since you're looking at, you know, wide receivers with definite like basement potential beyond yeah. this, um, I personally like the double tight end, but I want to hear what you want. <clears throat> yeah. I'm leaning that way. I mean, for me, it's either look at Pete, by the way, with Quez Watkins mm-hmm. making that a triple stack. I think that's too, too far. Yeah. Me too. Maybe, maybe Watkins is like your, first eagle stack or second i'm gonna, I'm gonna take Knox here so i'm gonna do i don't i don't like the receivers or running backs enough so we got the allen Knox stack with higgins run back which i think that's a pretty solid way to get different with that team right not having Diggs or gabe with allen then we just have etn aj brown and and uh kittle with uh no no game stacks there it's okay. Yes, you just need George Kittle to not be the left out guy like he was last week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then Dawson exactly. Knox. Dawson Knox did catch two touchdowns last week. One got negated by a penalty. So all you need mm-hmm. is for that to count. I believe me, I know because I had him in a battle royale last week uh, in a, a two tight end lineup that I was like, ooh, this is starting to look good. And then that one got called back. I think the Quez Watkins, before we get to just looking at your team, I think the Quez Watkins pick is worth discussing because when you're doing like full season best ball that's a a good guide to throw in there at the end of a Jalen Hurts team I think it's an example of overthinking in this case he had one game two games all season where he reached 40 yards he had two touchdowns three touchdowns all season he's just Quez Watkins is most likely to give you one to two catches so you absolutely need a huge play or, uh, you know, a red zone target, which he doesn't get a lot of them. And I, I just, I think that you could s- stick somebody else in there that's not as, you know, weird. You don't have to get yeah. so weird with that pick. Yeah, and if you're looking at his box scores for the season, most of his productive games were when Goddard was out. And his playing time did spike over that span. So, you know, if that was the case, I think he'd be in play. And I, I'm sure if we asked Pete, he'd say he's, you know, trying to get that five percent owned guy that no one else has which i, I think is a viable strategy my, my issue with it is just the fact that he took three eagles pass catchers especially with a quarterback like hurts who's also gonna you know do some stuff with his legs I'm, I'm just not sure three eagles pass catchers can get in the winning lineup even if it's like brown devonta smith dallas goddard i mean that's obviously a better shot than having quez be the third guy in there but i'm not even sure all three of those guys can you know do enough to you know, be in, in the lineup that wins this thing. Yeah. Now I will say that's a lineup that you make. If you're drafting a hundred of them, if you're drafting 20, I wouldn't, you know, take a player yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, I agree. 
All right. So let's look at your team. Now you talked about some of it. I like the double tight ends. I like having Josh mm-hmm. Allen in there. Um, what do you got? Yeah. The, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure how I drafted, I can actually look right now. I'm not sure I drafted a single kettle before that. Uh, I want, I don't think Yeah, that's not, I had one kettle before that. So I'm happy to have gotten him there. Um, and I think again, that that's another way to get different teams is taking advantage of followers because, you know, Kittle, where he is in ADP won't be paired with these other guys just because in most drafts, it's not possible to get them together. And I think it was kind of the same case with ETN who I got, um, you know, like four or five picks past ADP. So, um, you know me, I love my correlation and this lineup isn't super correlated, but um, I like it. It's, it's, it's definitely, I think it's different enough to, you know, have a chance to win this if everything falls right. Yeah, and you probably don't want to be super correlated on this slate unless you think there's one game that's just going to score way more points than any other. Right. Yep. All right, so let's switch over now. We we did a draft with Jerry. We're going to do a draft for me now. Um, I've got the ADP screen up as we switch, but I'm going to go in and go ahead and join one. I did draft two this morning. I did take two tight ends in at least one of them. I can't honestly remember what I did in the other. So maybe I'll check it out while we're waiting for this one to fill, which of course usually takes about 40 seconds. Um, <laughs> Matt's a dark, so, Matt's a dark mode guy. I see. Oh yeah. <laughs> we got, we got the light side with Jared. We went to the dark side with me. I I'm, think I'm, the weir- older. I'm the weirdo. I think, I think most people prefer the, the black. Posting anything with light mode on Twitter is definitely a sure way <laughs> to get people yelling at you for using light mode. So I'm picking two in this draft. So automatically we're going to get something different than what we saw in Jared's draft. I'm going to guess we see McCaffrey go first and that Travis Kelsey's still on the board for me, but we'll see here. Is, is, is McCaffrey year one and Kelsey year two? I think that I would go 50, 50 between them from the top spot. Cause I still yeah. think that Kelsey, I mean, Kelsey has at least as much monster potential as anybody else at any position on the slate. Yeah, yeah that's right. The reason I lean McCaffrey is just because I think tight end is so strong in general. So it just it, you know, hurts Kelsey's relative value a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly also fair. I think that one other thing that pushes me away from McCaffrey a little bit is I'm not going to be a high volume drafter. So I have to find ways to get different. And if I'm doing that, having less McCaffrey is going to be a way for me to get a little bit different. I can wait on running back and mix it up with guys um, that are getting drafted less. Plus taking Kelsey early makes it easier for me to get two of those tight ends. Like I said, that's yep. a, that's a build I like this week. Kelsey sets you up for a, for a Lawrence team too. I think um, mm-hmm. I, a lot of my Kelsey teams have ended up being Lawrence stacks. Yeah. To me, uh, Kelsey just works in, in any way, any sure. of a number of ways. Yep. Um, so we'll see what this team does to start things out. Oh, they took Kelsey. Ooh. So I'll just go ahead and take a McCaffrey yeah. here because I didn't yeah. in either of my first two drafts. And then we'll see yep. where we go from there. So I'm not gonna I don't I'm not gonna do a whole lot with that as far as correlation goes. I, I certainly still could add Cowboys or 49ers, but there's nothing that's gonna change for me because I have McCaffrey on that front. What do you think? Yeah, but if you you know, Lamb, Lamb does kind of fall into place on McCaffrey teams often if you do want to make that game stack. And again, I think Lamb at ADP is a fine pick, so it's not like you're reaching for it. Um, but yeah, I don't think you should necessarily change your plan just because you landed McCaffrey in, in the first. And the other thing about Lamb being such an easy fit there is I'm sure that there are plenty of McCaffrey-Lamb teams already, yes. so I'm going to need yeah. to find a way to get that different. Maybe it's Lamb and Debo if both of those guys are there. Um, so we'll certainly look at that based on who does make it back to me. 
the two quarterbacks went in the first round this time. We had Mahomes go third. We had Jalen Hurts go sixth. Stefan Diggs is gone. Saquon Barkley went in the first round. AJ Brown, the team at, at the end of round one stacked Jalen yeah. Hurts and AJ Brown. Then we had and Josh, then, Jamar Chase. Yeah, then and then Josh Allen went to the Diggs team. So that's what I'm saying again. Those yeah. those Hurts and Hurts, Brown and Allen Diggs especially are just going to be super high owned in this contest. So I think I am going to go ahead and take Lamb here and see if Debo makes it around the other side and then maybe do that as a way to get different on McCaffrey. And would, would that then make this a Brock Purdy team? <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, there's just so much a quarterback this week. I'm not sure that mm-hmm. Purdy gives me that ceiling with guys that can get there on yardage and score, you know, once each. Like if we get 150 total yards from McCaffrey and one touchdown, and 120 total yards from Debo and one touchdown, like we could just have an okay day for Purdy. Well, McCaffrey can do it on the ground, obviously, but so can Debo. Right. <laughs> so, you know, they could both yeah. have big days without a big passing game. And it could also be a Dak team because he's not going yes. that far differently from Brock Purdy. And I think his, he's actually behind Brock Purdy in ADP. So I think it's more likely to be a Dak team, especially because his team is going to need him more, I think, than San Francisco will need Purdy. I like it. So that's there. We had Travis Etienne go in the middle of round three, following Jarek McKinnon after my Debo pick. So I did put CeeDee Lamb and Debo Samuel on the McCaffrey team. We had Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon stacked together at the turn from the team that what did they do the first time around? Because I it took Kelsey. That's right. Okay. Yep. Started with Kelsey, then took Burrow and Joe Mixon. That's an interesting stack. That's a, another one of those I think makes more sense on the small slate and would be something you would proud. You might want to avoid a little bit more. Although we talked about it, Mixon is kind of a better bet for receiving than he is for rushing these days. Yeah, I think Burrow Mixon makes sense in general. I mean, it's not the first stack I pick in a vacuum from the Bengals, but I think it's different. I haven't seen many Burrow. Mixing teams. So I think that that's the biggest argument in favor of it. We had Miles Sanders coming up. We have Dallas Goddard still on the board. That might be my pick. I mean, guess. George Kittle's there. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't want to be crazy on 49ers. No? All right. I mean, I'm going Dallas Goddard. Here. Okay. No, no arguments here. <laughs> Especially with he's, what is he, the third or fourth tight end off the board? What do I, what, there yeah, we go. There, yeah. I'm not experienced enough in these drafts to know exactly what all the buttons do, but he's the fourth, fourth. tight end off the board. You know, you talked about him on the DFS show. You said he's your second favorite tight end this week. Yeah, he is you know, for, for tournaments. Um, Schultz, by the way, is, is the fade for me at tight end. He, he's the he's really the only guy among those top six that I don't I like, and I don't think I've drafted a single time. That you know, I know he's coming off the big game, which I, I like. Um, I'll let you talk through your pick here. This is going to be Dak for me because I think he makes the most sense with what I have. Yep. And there's no yep. argument for the other quarterbacks having more upside. And then I'll just see what gets to me at, at the sixth round. Yep. Yeah. With the shots, um, you know, the Niners are just are one of the best tight end defenses in the NFL. They have been for the past years. That's continued this year, whether you look at adjusted points a lot or football outsiders metrics. Um, so t- to me, Schultz is just an easy fade. Yes, I agree. And especially after last week, he's going to have people more excited about him than usual because he put up the big points on the Bucks. Yep, exactly. So this can be kind of anything for me, like whatever makes it. And it's the, the kind of thing where if I have the same pick every time, it's not going to be the same player. So guys I'm looking at, Juju is still on the board. Isaiah Hodgins is still around. Dawson Knox for that double tight end look. And I'm looking more for, I don't know, just somebody that has an upside path as opposed to somebody that's correlated necessarily here yep 
Yeah, Juju would have been my favorite because I think he has the highest ceiling. Um, Hodgins would have given you cue up, cue up uh, Richie James just to make me happy. <laughs> I'm going to have a tough time doing Richie James over Michael Gallup, though, since I yeah. have Dak as my quarterback. Yeah, I like that. And you just kind of be all in on that Cowboys Niners game in this lineup, which I which yeah. I like. And I said I wasn't correlating, but, you know, I'm not if I'm breaking a tie between Michael Gallup and say Richie James and Kadarius Tony and James cook and Hayden Hurst, yeah. like that's where I think it makes sense to go ahead and take the guy who would match up with my quarterback. Yep. I like Gallup here. All right. So Gallup is the final pick. That team is built. That's three so far. I'm sure I'm going to do more than I should Jared and just like donate money <laughs> to whoever takes this tournament. You got like 27 hours left to draft. You can get, <laughs> you can get a lot of these in, in 27 hours. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I think I've gotten like, a, there, there was one week where there was going to be overlay and I was drafting them three at a time before kickoff and it didn't end up I'm doing a, anything I, great for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm a one draft at a time guy. I can't do the multi drafts. I, if I have a choice, I'm one draft at a time as well, but if I'm trying to get, you know, as many as I can in, in a time frame, I have at least gotten to the point where I can comfortably do two at the same time. Three uh, can get a bit crazy. <laughs> These go so fast too. I mean, what that would that take like four minutes? I mean, you you could get a lot of these in even just going one at a time. That's right. So yeah, that's one team. I got uh, a Kelsey team earlier with a Jalen Hurts Miles Sanders stack, which is on the screen right now. Um, there was one more. George uh, like, Chase was a first yeah. round pick. What were you gonna say? I, I would say I like this one. So you got you must have gotten Chase like near the end of the first round, and then came back and got Allen. Yep. I haven't I haven't seen I haven't seen many. Allen Chase combo. So, and you got Gabe Cook, Ingram. I like that team. Got my two more of these. If you, wanted. you should do more of these, Matt. You're, I, I like how your teams look. <laughs> yeah, I always end up with teams that I like how they look, and then the money doesn't like them as much. That's what's <laughs> diving in head first. All right. All right. All right. I think that's going to do it for this draft show, and it's going to be our final DFS draft show of the season, right? Sadly. Yeah. Talk to you in eight months. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be eight months, though, because we're going to have best ball drafts coming up very soon. And of course, if you're not already on Underdog, you can click the link at the bottom of this podcast, wherever you're getting it, or you can put in promo code draft sharks. You can get your deposit matched up to $100. You can get free money to play with. You can get the same thing on Sleeper. They don't have their drafts going anymore, but they still have over-unders. I believe that they just shared... Yeah, they have a special on Saquon Barkley available in yards. So you can jump in and play that one, and it's a half a rushing yard. So even if he has a rough game against the Eagles, I think he's probably beating that one. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's it's our goal to have our 2023 projections up by like the end of February. So um, if you can hold off on entering those early best balls for like another month or so, um, I, I think having the the full projections. I think I mentioned in the past, like my my best basketball teams this year were ones I drafted early because I just think there's an edge if you do sit down and you know project out every every team yes the tournament that I was running first in until week 18 until week 17 and uh you know didn't get Stefan Diggs in the final game but my best finish was in one of those as well so I agree there's definitely an edge in those and even if you can't wait for the projections to be posted <laughs> you'll find me in the draft room so it, it, <laughs> it'll be that time before we know it for sure for Jared Small and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Schaaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us.